This is the Personal Finance Show. Welcome to episode 10 of the Personal Finance Show. I'm your host, Bo Humphreys. This is the first of a three-part series I'm calling the Cybos Interviews. What is Cybos, you ask? Cybos, spelled S-I-B-O-S, stands for Swift International Banking Operations Seminar, which sounds really, really boring, but it has become much more than a seminar about banking operations. Every year since 1978, the Cybos Conference has been held in a different city around the world. Today, 8,000 people from around the world attend Cybos, with the highest attendance being 9,600 in Amsterdam in 2010. This year, the Cybos conference was to be held in Toronto, so I applied for a press pass, and I got it. The delegate pass would have cost me 3,200 euros, so let's just say the only way I could attend such an event would be with press credentials. The SWIFT organization is responsible for the Cybos conference. SWIFT is another acronym. It stands for the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. Basically, for many years, SWIFT has been the only way to send money from a bank in one country to a completely different bank in another country. The conference is not just about the world's banks getting together, but also about innovation and technology. To quote the Cybos website, the preeminent annual conference and exhibition connects more than 8,000 executives, decision-makers, and thought leaders from financial institutions, market infrastructures, multinational corporations, and technology partners. Cybos facilitates debate, networking, and business collaboration that collectively shapes the future of payments, securities, cash management, and trade. As I mentioned, the Cybos interviews is in three parts, and this is part one. Part one of the series gives you a quick introduction to three fintech companies that were part of the Canadian fintech corner, Lending Loop, Milo, and Wave. Part two is my Canadian fintech showcase where I interviewed Chad Cicello, co-founder of Dojo. Part three is an interview that could only have happened at Cybos. Part three is the East African episode where I interview a group of amazing fintech leaders from Uganda, and we discuss the state of banking in East Africa. So let's get started with episode one and Lending Loop. I originally interviewed the co-founders of Lending Loop for episode two of the Personal Finance Show. So when I saw that they were set up at Cybos in the Canadian FinTech corner, I knew that I wanted to include them in episode one. Here's my chat with Lending Loop co-founder, Cato Pastel. For people who don't know anything about Lending Loop, why don't you tell us a little bit about the company? Yeah, so Lending Loop's a peer-to-peer lending platform. What we do is allow individual investors, people like yourself and myself, to lend their money to small and medium-sized businesses that are looking for financing. So you know, these are local mom-and-pop shops, yoga studios, restaurants, retail stores that are looking for a better and more affordable way to borrow money. That sounds great to me. Just to fill everybody in, we did a full podcast on Lending Loop a little while back. So if you want to get more detail on that, you know, just uh, go to the, you know, go to the previous episodes if you're listening to the podcast now. Lending Loop 
I think it's pretty great. I mean, uh, and you guys are you're growing, right? Yeah, we are. Our team is growing, and we actually just uh, crossed the ten million dollar mark and uh, loans well, put out. So 10, ten million in lending—that's yeah. crazy. So, I mean, how many how many small businesses is that? Just about about two hundred different small businesses that have benefited from using the platform, and, and that's just over the last year. So that's great. And why do they why do they not go to banks again? Yeah. So banks won't lend to the segments just because they're too small. These are great small businesses, but if you're under half a million dollars, banks really don't look at them as small businesses. They look them as individuals. I see. So even though they may have a great small business that generates great cash flow and is really strong and stable, the bank simply looks at them as an individual unless they're looking for more than half a million dollars. So we're really targeting this segment because there's a lot of strong businesses that should be able to get affordable financing, but they've just kind of been left behind. This isn't because they're a crazy huge risk. I mean, I know you do rate the businesses yeah. differently depending on how risky they are, but nothing's like you're going to lose your money just because the banks didn't go for it. It's because of uh, regulation uh, or and, their regulation and, and size as well. Like, so they have yeah. so much. You know, they have so much overhead and infrastructure. I mean, we're here today. You can you can see just how much they there's spend. There's so many banks. <laughs> this is this place. I don't know. You know, like uh, they're probably taking in thirty million in, in just conference fees by itself. This is. It's pretty massive. Right. But so I mean you see how much they spend and how much overhead they have. They have branches, they have, you know, risk, they have underwriting, they have sales. Between all of that, it's a very expensive process for them to actually originate a loan. So it's not profitable for a bank to lend to these customers. So that's really the challenge that the bank has is they're all great businesses, but for the bank to do a fifty thousand dollar loan just doesn't make sense because it's too small for the bank to actually consider as profitable. They'd rather do a $5 million or a $50 million loan. So why are you doing it, right? Where's right. the profit for you? Well, because we're a small team and we've built everything using technology, we can actually run and operate a profitable business despite having smaller loan volume. So we can do a $5,000 loan and still make money on that loan because of the way we're structured. We have no branches, we have no network. It's entirely online. And also we're connecting them to individuals. So it's not like we have money and, and we're the ones who are actually lending it. And you're not the lender, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and you know, you've, uh, you've, got, you've got an account, right? So, what, were you uh, looking at my account before, before I got here? <laughs> yeah, no, I did put in uh, the $200 minimum and uh, I invested in, in four companies, I think 50 apiece. And what they do is they just pay back slowly, right? Yeah, every month. Every month, so I get a little bit of that 50 bucks from each company every month for, for how long? Uh, so it depends. It, it, every business is different. So okay. it can be as little as you know three months, but it can go up to five years. And the okay. average is usually around two or three years. So you'll probably be paid back you know, over two or three years, plus interest, of course. So gotcha. you're not just getting your money back, you're also getting uh, interest in return. Well, the 50 bucks over five years sounds like you know, I'm getting pennies a month. <laughs> but that, it's, uh, the whole idea here is, is helping small business. They, they can't be helped. And a lot, like your businesses are all accessible. You can talk to them, right? Yeah. You, can, you can chat with them online. It's really kind of a, a great system. And uh, why would you come here to Cybos? What is what is the benefit here, and what is the benefit? What is Cybos to you? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple different things. One is just seeing what's going on in the industry gen, uh, generally, networking with peers, and seeing how we can collaborate to bring better solutions to market for for individuals, for the 36 million Canadians that you know are, are, are out there and looking for better ways to, to get access to financial products better and services. In different ways, yeah. And uh, and the other is also seeing kind of what the incumbents, what the large institutions are doing seeing kind of how they're adapting to, to the changes in, in the landscape uh, and seeing if there's any ways for us to play alongside them as well. I just, I just saw somebody down at the Inner Tribe section of this place talk about how 
uh, big banks are like Babylon and, and 329 uh, AD or BC, I don't even remember. But he had this whole historical analogy and basically Facebook is the, you know, the people who come in and like basically divert the river and invade Babylon because they have data and you know, you guys are, are all about data, all about uh, using technology to make things easier and more convenient for people. So that's what a lot of this conference is about for me and how banking and the way everybody uses financial services is changing basically like every day. Yeah, and you know, on that point, what we're really trying to do at the end of the day is give both sides a better deal. We want to give Canadians a better deal because they should be getting more for their money and their money should be working harder for them. And we want to give small businesses a, deal, a better deal because they shouldn't have to pay their right arm and left leg to get access to financing. And you know, given how the market is right now, both of those sides have kind of been left out. You know, the the retail market doesn't have access to a lot of really attractive investment products. And we want to kind of give the you know people a new new way to access a more attractive way to lend. That's great. So, how can people get this started? Where do they go? Yeah, uh, just go to LendingLoop.ca and you can create an account as a lender. It takes about two to three minutes to sign up and from there you can start viewing the different businesses that are looking for financing and if you like one you can lend to them. Sounds great. Uh, thanks a lot for chatting with me at this, this massive event here Cato and we'll talk to you again soon hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. And it's great catching up with you. Thanks again. So you can hear the passion that Cato has for helping small businesses get the funding they need and that's because both Cato and co-founder Brandon grew up with parents with small businesses. This isn't just about making money for them. As Cato said, they came to Cybos to see how they could collaborate with others and to help bring funding to those who need it and can't get it through traditional means. It's always good to chat with Lending Loop, and congrats to the whole team for hitting the 10 million mark. Next up is Milo. Milo is a smartphone app that is fairly new and currently only available on the iOS app store, but they're working on Android beta, so stay tuned for that. Here's Dr. Liam Chung from Milo to tell us more. Thank you. Glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about Milo and why it's important for individual Canadians to be aware of you guys and, and then use, use you guys. Well, I, I'm what you would call come from the traditional world of finance, where I spent 25 years coming up with innovations in brokerage and, in, and financial management. And when I met the Phil from Milo, I was really impressed with what this could potentially do for the rest of Canadians. I've spent my entire career helping wealthy people get wealthier. And, and they're uh, good, right? They, they don't need our help anymore. Well, you know, they're very well serviced. They do need help, but they're very well serviced. But there's always going to be someone there's who's always someone to service going to take their money and, and service them. But the Absolutely. little people like, like us, like me, who's helping them? Right. And so I saw a huge opportunity there to be able to take some of the innovations that, that we've been able to do in financial management, especially in lowering the cost of financial management for people, and to have that apply more broadly to Canadians. So what does Milo do exactly then for individual Canadians? So what Milo does is it allows Canadians to save small amounts of money and we invest that money on their behalf. So it's a fully advised model. So they set up a goal, uh, our portfolio managers decide on a portfolio that's suitable for them and suitable for their goal and invest it in a portfolio of stocks, bonds and money market and allows them to save $1 or $2 or $5 the same way that somebody else would save $800,000 or a million dollars. And so they can fully invest in a fully diversified portfolio at a very, very low cost. So we do not charge any management fees. Essentially, they pay their $1 a month, 
and they get what I consider to be the right kind of portfolios for almost anybody to invest in, and that would be a fully diversified portfolio at an extremely low cost to invest. I'll agree with you on that one. So I have a bank account already. I'm an individual, and so let's say I have a tangerine bank account. Does that, does that work for you? Absolutely. Okay, yep. so now I sign up with Milo, and then how do I start investing these uh, dollars or two dollars? After you sign up with Milo, your job is pretty much done. Okay. That's so, the and that's the beauty of it is that there's very little effort on your behalf to start to save. Okay, so what what happens? So I, I make a, a purchase, or that's what? right. So you make a purchase. Let's say you make a purchase of start of, of a coffee in the morning. Okay. Yep. For three twenty-five. We, uh, we see that transaction through yep. our link uh, with Tangerine. Sure. And so what we would do is we would add up all the roundups. So that would be a $3.25 coffee buy. We round that up to $4. Okay. And we see, oh, that's 75 cents that we should save. And at the end of the week, we add up all of those roundups and we withdraw it from your primary bank account okay. and put it into a, a trust account that's in trust for all of our clients. Uh, our portfolio manager will then review your risk and your goals and assign a portfolio for you, and then we will invest that money into a portfolio of ETFs that matches what your risk tolerance is and what your goal is. So in fact, it is a fully advised, fully automated savings choice at a very, very low cost that uh, allows people to start saving. Well, that's great because, and like you said, there's, no, there's nothing I do except for fill out a risk profile at the beginning and then just tell you, what, do you, do you always round up to the next dollar? Is that it? So currently we have- decide. So currently we round up to the next dollar. In our next uh, release, we have through a lot of demand from our users. Okay. We're going to allow a few more choices. So sure. for example, to double up or triple up your roundups. We, uh, we currently have boosts where you can do one-time contributions where you can put in an amount every week that you want to put in. Why not? Yeah, and so we've had a lot of people pick up boosts and they've been uh, accelerating their savings towards their goals. So every week we see more and more people kind of adding to that roundup to get to their goals faster. I like this model because there's a lot of talk lately about forced savings and, and how people, as much as they might want to, they have trouble saving on their own. They need at least something to, to help them. And, and I think people get a mortgage and say, okay, well, I have to pay my mortgage, so that's force. But this seems a little more accessible <laughs> for the, an everyday person who's not maybe becoming a homeowner to just get it started. Correct. And, and we have a lot of people who are come onto the system, and if I look at the goals that people set, a lot of them are saving for their first-time uh, mortgage or, their, or their, their down payment for okay. their house. And so this, this really kind of appeals to that group that is kind of pre-getting that mortgage. Although we do have people all the way up to you know, 50, 60 years old who just love it for the innovation of it. Well, and I the like, fact that, yeah, that's me. I like that technology aspect of it and that you know, you're just gonna take a little bit out and then at the end of the week I have whatever is the nearest dollar. I like that, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in a way, uh, you know, we're doing our little bit, certainly we're allowing access to something that, to a group of people that did not have access to it before, but we're also doing, I think, our part for financial literacy because when you think about financial literacy, we think about having people starting to think about risk, having people starting to think about how they're going to approach saving for the rest of their lives, and this is a great way for them to get started in an easy way, three-minute sign-up process that doesn't require a lot of effort on their part and gets them to start thinking about how they're going to save and what savings means to them 
what their risk, their attitudes towards risk are. These are all very important kind of steps towards having financial literacy. It's so important. I'm a personal finance coach. It's what I do for a living. And financial literacy is everything for me, and they don't teach it, right? They don't teach it in schools. They're starting. But even then, that's just a little bit. They don't teach you enough to instill the importance of starting early and what a difference that makes. If you try to explain to a 20-year-old, if you just put a couple of dollars away a week, you're going to be a millionaire, they'll hear you, but they won't hear you. And so anything you can do to, to encourage that or, or uh, make it easier for people, I, I fully support that for sure. Yeah, well, we get, we get a lot of people who check the app uh, certainly once a week. They see how their roundups are doing. It's kind of that Monday transfer is kind of a, an interesting time for people because they get to really see how they progress on a week-to-week -week basis. And again, it requires so little effort, and yet they can kind of see results accumulate over time. And, and they're also looking at their spending. They have to be looking at that as they're going. So if you spend $3.25 on a coffee, rounds up to four, you might think, Wow, I'm spending $4 on a coffee. <laughs> At least you're aware of that. At least you're not as blind to it because I'm sure if people are making the decision to stay with Milo and they're looking at their roundups, or the sum of them anyway, and they, they say, oh wow, where did this come from? How do I have so much? And maybe maybe they'll it'll trigger them to review their spending or at least be uh, aware of what they're doing. And I, I think like that's the first step for anyone, to track and to spend. And, and so the cost is a dollar a month? Is a that dollar a month? A dollar a month, so like $12, $12 a year. And do you have an average of what typical Canadians are putting away or sort of what are they rounding up to? Is this a number that you have to share? Or? I think Phil has the exact number. Okay. But I would say, it's, it's you know, people are, are doing $60, $70 a week with the current just one-time roundup. Sure. And so as we add kind of these boosts and, uh, and yeah. the multipliers, people will be able to uh, get a lot more. And there's no worry that, you know, people can afford this. It's just a couple of little bits. If they could buy the coffee, they can spend another 75 cents, which they might have done anyway if they went to a different place. So, I, I mean, I think this is all good. It's, all, you know, of course, these are all individual decisions, but it's really nice to have so many options out there for whom this would work way better than just deciding to put a, an automatic savings plan in effect. And it's more engaging, I think. It is more engaging, and, and the product offers something that not only just the rounding up, but the investing side as well. And so that investment opportunity with funds that, that have zero management fee, where we're picking up all of the expenses. That's a great is bonus. Something, it's, it's, a, it's a big bonus. I mean, yeah. you, can, you can kind of trust that every dollar that you're putting in is going directly into getting you a return. And we decided very early on that we did not want to charge anything based on the amount of money in the, in the accounts that we, so that we're fully aligned with people's goals. So we're not, we're not getting paid based on how much money they have in their account. And so when they, with, meet the, when they hit their goal and they withdraw their money, we're entirely happy because we've helped them meet their goal. That's a that's a pretty uh, well. I'm not going to say bold, but it's a it's a great move uh, on your part uh, you know, on behalf of the consumer. So if someone decides you know they're putting in a hundred thousand or whatever they can boost it to, yeah, uh, say or they eventually get there, you're not getting ten percent of that or five or one or half a percent. You're getting your dollar a month. We're getting you're a always going to get your dollar a month. Exactly right? right. That's that's very different than anything else that's out there right now. Now we do we do put them into ETFs and there are fees in the ETFs, but we choose. So my, my philosophy is that you choose an ETF that has the broadest diversification at the lowest cost possible. And yeah. So 
Really, it's point zero zero seven. Sorry, zero 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 seven. Really? Or yeah, we, we so the, so the, the MERs that you have on those ETFs, they just come out of the uh, ETF returns themselves. That's right. Yeah. Barely noticeable for these low-cost ETFs, but you don't charge anything on top of that. Nothing. And the, and and uh, typically, robo advisors would charge about 0.5, somewhere between 0.4 and 0.5 percent as a fee to you on an annual basis. That's correct. So you're you know you're not doing that. A dollar a month, I'm sure, depending, will end up being less than that 0.5% a year that yeah. you get with the competitors. And, and you're getting the benefit of all of the roundups and transfers every week. Uh, That's a lot of activity for you. A lot yeah. of activity, and, and that, that activity is what makes it so engaging, yeah. and also makes it less painful for the, for the user to do that saving. So, That's it's great. an important part of it. Well, you know, thanks so much for talking to me today. So, we're here at Cybos. Is this your first time here? It's my first Cybos, that's right. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, and it, can you believe the scale of this thing? It's every single possible room here at the Metro Toronto Convention Center is full. Absolutely. I was just in a, I was just in a session which was standing room only. People were trying to pack in there. It was unbelievable. This is all about the future of finance and, and payments, financial services, and it affects everybody. You know, no matter that a lot of these things might be just talking about back-end regulations, which I, you know, I'm tending to avoid those ones anyway. But a lot of this is, it impacts all of us directly. And so it's an important place to be. It is, it is. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see the types of people are here and the questions that people are asking. A lot of questions about regulation and making sure that consumers are safe. That is important, uh, so it's, it's isn't it? It's a huge part of the conversation here. Cybersecurity is a big topic. As everything gets a little more cyber, if you will, the security part of it becomes way more important. So like we're talking about retinal scans and, and, and more behavioral security. So like they, it's not just you typed in your password, but other things like do they know it's you based on your behavior? I know people are talking about that a lot, but it's got to all kind of catch up because you can't have everything online and then have the ability to break in uh, be very easy. Right, absolutely. So I mean, I just came from a blockchain talk where they had the central bankers. So they had uh, okay. the European Central Bank, uh, uh, Payments Canada, who is here kind of with, with the Central Bank of Canada. Everybody's here from around the world. This yeah, is really uh, a very international situation going on. I'm happy to see so many fintechs uh, here, Canadian fintechs too, uh, being represented uh, here at uh, Cybo. So thanks, and hopefully I'll talk to you again. Thanks again. I want to thank Liam for introducing me to Milo. I'm an Android guy, so I'm looking forward to that release. But if you have an iPhone, go ahead and give Milo a try. To finish up episode one of the Cybos interviews, I have Rob Morin from Wave. Wave can be found at waveapps.com, and, and they're not a new company. They've been around since 2010. But they are recently new to me, and they may be new to you, despite the fact that they currently have 2.8 million customers around the world. Ever since I met Rob from Wave at their Toronto office a few months ago, I knew I needed to tell people about this great Canadian company. So here's Rob to tell you about Wave. This is a pretty incredible event. The, the concentration of international banking superpowers that are going on here, it's, it's something to see. How many times a year do you get like 8,000 people from around the world into one place? Yeah. And the things that can happen here. And well, one of the things is this Canadian FinTech Corner. And there's eight different every day. And uh, Wave is one of them today. So 
Welcome, Rob. Thanks uh, for being on uh, on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we met at uh, the New Co thing. Well, that feels like a month ago, I guess, maybe. Uh, yeah. And I got to see the Wave uh, headquarters here in Toronto. The Wave is a how many customers or clients do you have? At Just shy of three million customers around the world. So three million around the world, but they've always been here in the city, and uh, it's important to mention the Elevate Toronto Festival and Newco are all about telling people about the Canadian talent that we have and companies that are here that people don't even realize. So why don't you tell us a little bit about WAVE, what does WAVE do and you know, why are you here at uh, Cybos? Right. So WAVE makes financial software and services for small business owners. When we say small, we're actually focusing on small, not small and medium, which is the way that much of the industry goes, right? They, they roll small and medium together as if it's the same kind of business, as if it's the same kind of need. We look at it as being a really distinct thing, right? If you're a one-person operation running your own business, you've got very specific way of running your finances that may or may not align with what an accounting textbook says you should do, but nonetheless, you're going to have your own specific way of running your finances and wave. we want to be part of that solution. So we've got the software side, which is accounting, invoicing, receipt scanning, and personal finance. And the software is 100% free. I like that. That's free is not bad. Free is, free is the best, especially when you're, you know, what I like to think of a small business, as you said, of one person. Exactly. Uh, you need free. Right. Especially if you're a brand new business, you're just getting started, you don't want to spend a lot of money on, on things where you feel it might be not essential. That leads a lot of small business owners to run their, you know, most, for most small business owners, their financial management tool is a shoebox. Yes. That's more than just a joke or a cliche. It is actually true. We I've have seen spoken it. to, sure, I've been there myself. Um, and we've, we, we continue to speak with customers who continue to admit that that is how they used to run their finances. So by offering this free software, and it's not a free limited version or a free trial or anything like that, it's just full on free. We're giving our customers some tremendous value there. Our software is award-winning software. We've got PC Magazine's Editor's Choice Award for uh, software in our category. So it's spectacular software, and we give that, like I said, we give that away for free, which really helps us build tremendous scale. We've got 60 to 70,000 businesses around the world registering with Wave every single month, and that's you know because we're giving something away that's of super high quality at zero dollar cost, and then. In addition to the software side, we've got our financial services side. So that's credit card processing, payroll, and lending, so loans and lines of credit, that are embedded inside the Wave software. And that's where our revenue comes from. So if you need credit card processing or payroll or lending, and you choose to use Wave solutions, then Wave makes some money from it. If you choose to not use any of those solutions, by all means, you're still welcome, um, and Wave would, would continue to be completely free for you. So you get the you get the free software, which is great, and then once you've been using it for a little bit, and you're like, wow, I need to be able to accept payments, it's probably just a, a quick process to set that up, yep. right? Uh, click of a button inside the uh, the Wave application online, and you know, you're just about set up, that's all there is to it, and you can start accepting Visa, MasterCard, American Express on all of your invoices. And then you get some employees, and you're like, I need payroll now, how am I going to do that? Well, you already have this infrastructure, it was free. The, the good thing about uh, free software is you don't really even have to take Rob's word for it, you can... Uh, actually just go and get it because it's free. Absolutely. Right? And, and, and your <laughs> no point risk. Of, right. And your, your point though about when you need payroll, you just jump in and, and you're all set up. The thing that that brings to mind for me is when you're 
So let's say I'm a carpenter and I, I decide to quit my day job because now I'm going to focus on carpentry full time. And okay, great. So I've got my business as a carpenter. What I, in most cases, for most small business owners, using the carpenter example, I know carpentry, but I don't know finance. Right? I've never been trained in accounting. You shouldn't be. I mean, uh, we'd, all, if we'd all be geniuses. I wish I could be a rocket scientist, but I'm not. Right. So I, I know my trade, I know my, my skill, I know the service or product or whatever it is that I'm offering to my customers, but I don't know how to do the bookkeeping. I understand the concept of an invoice, but I might not necessarily even know what to include on my invoice. And then even more so on the payroll side, right? once my business is successful enough that I need to hire an assistant or something like that, I'm now under obligation to do payroll taxes and, and all the other deductions and withholdings, and nobody has trained me in, in how to do that either. So you've got these brave entrepreneurs who are going out into the market trying to do their thing, and every single time they get a little more successful, they hit another level of obligation, of red tape, of, of complication that's going to get in the way of their success. And I don't mean to go on some sort of a libertarian tear here. Uh, I, I am going to maintain an agnostic position on what the government should or shouldn't do, but the reality is that business owners face these uh, things that constrain their ability to be successful. And our goal here at Wave is to, how do we jump in and take away those complicating factors around the financial side of your business and help you do what you do. I, in other words, help get the financial work out of your way so that you can then focus on carpentry or photography or massage therapy or whatever it is that your thing is. Well, I, you know, I, I always found it was strange for someone to have to be a, an a expert chef and then have to be an expert at bookkeeping too. It's the only thing, like we don't expect it to be the other way around. If someone's a bookkeeper, we don't expect them to be able to, you know, perform surgery or, you know, do their own legal documents. Uh, you know, somehow uh, being an administrator is not something that we're supposed to contract out unless we have tons and tons of money. I don't understand that, right? You know, I'm, a, I'm an administrative guy myself, so I know how to do all this stuff. But a lot of the people I do know who are creative, especially, they don't think in that way, nor do they want to, nor is it enjoyable for them to do this stuff like it is for me. That's why I went into this career, because I like admin stuff, I like spreadsheets, but it's not for everybody. This is a great, really great sort of option, free, everyone loves free. Thank you, yeah. Uh, it would be horribly inefficient if we expected everybody to learn their the skills behind their business, plus you know, the deep skills required to be a, a proper accountant or bookkeeper on top of that. Yeah, but, but it seems like it's the world is set up that way and, and everyone feels ashamed that they don't know how to set up payroll. And, well, you shouldn't know how to do it. So that's, well, you guys come in for that. And one side is, you know, this is scary and complicated. The other side is you're going to get penalized if you do it wrong. Right? Like this is a place where you can't get it wrong. There isn't any leeway for getting it wrong or there's going to be penalties, whether it's tax penalties or something worse. Yeah, I don't know if people realize, like if you hire somebody, you can't just say, hey, come work for me and I'll, I'll pay you some money every two weeks. There are things uh, to file with the government. There are, there, well, there are taxes, of course, to pay, right? Payroll taxes are one of them, but then there's also things to consider like, I don't know, WSIB, uh, like, you know, workers' safety, things like that. Like, you open up a big can of something when you decide to have employees and you need all the help you can get when it comes to adding those into your business, right? Right. Yeah. And, well, we, like I said, we're, we're aiming to be part of the solution there to help these entrepreneurs get more successful and, and do their thing. Why did you guys decide on free? There are quote-unquote competitors in the accounting side that 
charge monthly, the software as a service model, yep. and you pay every month. And it's not a lot, but it's something that could make a dent into a, a small business's budget. Right. How did you guys make that choice? So obviously we looked at different pricing models. We wondered, should we price match our competitors? Should we undercut our competitors by a small amount? The thing is, this sort of speaks to the fact that being in the cloud is part of Wave's DNA and it might not be part of the DNA of our competitors. So the most famous of our competitors obviously would have their uh, installed version of their software, that's where they came from, and then they migrated to cloud software and they're trying to retain the customer base that they've got in their installed software and the revenue stream that comes from that. So they're converting people, from, they already had a desktop version, people are using on the computers, and then they're trying to say, hey, please come to the cloud, Absolutely. please come with us, but you started there. Right, and since we're in the cloud, we don't have to look at, are we at risk of losing revenue that we already have if we were to switch to a different pricing model. Instead, coming, being a cloud-first uh, application, we get to look at it very much the way that Facebook looked at making revenue, or Google looked at making revenue, or something like that, which is to say, the cost to us since it's all in the cloud, there's no cost of distribution. I don't need to package up software and put it on a shelf at Staples and get people to, to buy it there. The cost of distribution to us and the cost to us of carrying one additional customer is super low, right? Yeah. Uh, approaching zero. And at that point, you, you get into conversations that are super interesting saying, all right, if we charge for it, maybe we can sign up 100 customers at 10 bucks a month. But if we gave it for free, does that mean we might get 10,000 customers or 100,000 customers and find a different way of monetizing our product, a different way of driving revenue? And that was really the starting point around pricing with Wave. And so we're giving away the software for free. Because of that, we're signing up 60 to 70,000 brand new businesses around the world every single month. Every month, I don't know if everyone's hearing that uh, yes. uh, clearly. This is every month, so that's a lot of people. And so a lot of people who are vetting your software daily, making sure that if you got a problem with it, they tell you, yep. and for many a couple of years now, right? Yeah, since 2010. Since 2010, so they're basically, they refine this product, and, and uh, I have a Wave account, but I haven't uh, started using it yet, but uh, I am pretty tempted if I wasn't already set up in another system. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens with me, because the more that I learn about Wave, the more that I'm, uh, I'm thinking, this is what you guys do, and you do it well. Thank you, yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, PC Mag, Editor's Choice Award, a whole bunch of other awards, pointing to the fact that you know we've got some really uh, sweet products here. Uh, but because we're offering the software for free, like I said, we're signing up 60 to 70,000 uh, new customers a month, and then through the software, we weave in these financial services that we offer, the credit card processing, the, the payroll, and the, the lending. And so we're going to drive some revenue from some customers through that process. And with some customers, we're not going to get any revenue in the short term at all. It's a small business, it's brand new, and maybe they don't need any of the things that we are currently charging money for. But when they need it, somewhere down the road, like we touched on earlier, right? we're there at a click of a button, and uh, we can make their lives easier. Yeah, and when they do need it, you know, they've already used your software for a little bit, and they probably like it if they're still using it. And no matter what, when you add these things, like I need to process credit cards or I need to have payroll, it's not free anywhere. 
So you're not gonna, you don't have, uh, you know, other options that are free to use. So why wouldn't you use the software, you know, that you trust already? Right. I think it's a good model because you're right. Not everybody needs it. Nobody's forced to use it, and it's there for them when they when they do need it. Right. right? And the other thing that I'll add in is, free is great. Free is really great. <laughs> but we. You know, we think the value of Wave is a whole lot more than just that we're not asking you for 10 bucks a month for oh, the true. software. Yeah. So uh, among the, the advantages that come with the software on the one side with the financial services woven through it and all of that is the fact that you get to run your entire business in one place rather mm. than accepting payments over here, doing your bookkeeping over there, and you're invoicing somewhere else, and then you're trying to move figures from you know application one to application two. It, we call it swivel chair integration, right? You just mm. keep on rotating around from one screen to another, trying to bring your business all together, and you're spending a lot of valuable time wasted to try to just reconcile what your different systems are doing, where in Wave, it's all in one place. You, when you create an invoice and you send it out and then it gets paid using the credit card uh, processing functionality and all this sort of thing, in, in another system configuration, this might mean three or four different systems that you need to touch. With Wave, it's all just there and your invoice is automatically, you know, the, the credit card processing happens in the credit card processing part of Wave, but your invoice gets marked paid automatically and that income gets automatically accounted for in your bookkeeping. And all through the, the system, all of these pieces talk to each other, meaning you never need to waste time doing work more than once when you could really just have it all in one place. That sounds really great. And, and so you're here at, uh, at Cybos. And so what, what are you here to achieve that would uh, be of benefit to your clients? Say, what, what's going to come of, of the connections here at the conference that yeah. would help uh, people who are using Wave now in the future? We're, uh, have, we have lots of interesting conversations going on with major banks around the world. We just last week announced a partnership with Royal Bank of Canada where our technology, where Wave's software is now being embedded deeply within the RBC online banking experience. And so we're interested in continuing those conversations with other banks around the world. And the goal here, among others, is using the RBC example, where beforehand the RBC customer had to log into their RBC online banking to check their balances and maybe move money from one account to another and you know make a payment on your credit card, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then they had to go somewhere else to do their accounting and their bookkeeping and all of this other sort of stuff. Again, the goal was how do we bring all of these pieces into one place, make the systems talk to each other better than they already do in order to simplify the financial existence of the small business owner, make it possible for them to do all of their work in one place without redundancy, without wasted steps. And then even getting into, and this is maybe one or two steps down the road, but even getting into providing better levels of service around these financial products. So if in the wave system, somebody had issued, let's say $2,000 of invoices that are overdue, and this has become a cash flow problem for them, is it possible for RBC to jump into this conversation and offer them a line of credit uh, on those invoices to help them continue to manage their business better? That's uh, uh, hypothetically the sort of place where, where this kind of integration can continue to help the small business owners. That's great because the more everyone's connected, like it, the more information that a bank has about 
a business and, and the kind of products or service they provide, the more they can trust them, the more you can trust them, the more everybody just is aware, right? All this disconnection uh, really just makes everything harder. Uh, so if, if I want my bank to be one of your next partners, do I send, uh, and I'm a wave client, do I send you an email? And then if you get like a whole bunch of emails, then you can send them to the bank and say, look, you're next, right? That, that would be great, sure. And, and uh, yeah, people can reach us at info at waveapps.com. <laughs> Uh, we'd be happy to hear from them and, and hear which banks they consider most important. Or equally important, reach out to your bank and say, hey listen, Wave is doing this thing with RBC, I want my bank to do that too. It would be great to have the people at the banks become more aware of, of the things that matter to their customers. Yeah, I mean, and it seems like this kind of thing might not make a difference, but you know, if you do it and maybe a couple of thousand other people do it, then then they they will notice. And this is the only way to take you know kind of start the connections that we need. So, well, thanks uh, so much for talking to me today, Rob. Thanks, and that's episode one of the Cybos interviews. Thanks to Cato from Lending Loop, Liam from Milo, and Rob from Wave for taking the time to chat with me. Next time on the Personal Finance Show, I have Chad from Dojo for episode two of the Cybos interviews. I met Chad earlier this year at the Payments Canada Summit, and I was really impressed by his product. Dojo is an app that works with a bank card and a real bank account to help improve financial literacy in kids. Chad's really the best at explaining it, so if you're intrigued, please tune in next week. If you enjoyed this episode of The Personal Finance Show, please listen to the previous episodes and subscribe to the podcast. Also, check out my blog at investwisely.ca. I would love to hear from you, good or bad, but hopefully good. So please, if you have anything to tell me, email me at bo at investwisely.ca.